Welcome back, Panther fans. I'm David Brown here with Ryan Graham. Hey, y'all. Tim Thurber. Hello. And this is State of Atlanta. Oh, my beer was up. Oh, shit. Yep, there it is. <laughs> with special guests. Beer's going everywhere vo- again. <laughs> <laughs> the voice of Georgia State, Dave Cohen. Dave, thanks for being here. My pleasure. Great to be on with you guys. So uh, a little uh, Facebook post that you made over the weekend was you just concluded your 40th season season covering Georgia State sports. It's only a few, right? <laughs> well, uh, I went back and looked, and if I have my math correct about my friends' the ages here, uh, I was six years old when you started covering Georgia State. Tim was three, and Ryan was merely a glimmer in his father's eye at that point. <laughs> so, uh, what's it like, man? Like forty? What was it? How was? How did you get started? What What got you into it? What? How was that first thing about getting into Georgia State uh, covering sports? Well, you know, I wanted to go to Georgia State because of WRAS. You know, uh, right. when I moved to Atlanta, I, I forget how I became familiar with it, but I remember listening to a couple of Georgia State basketball games while I was in high school, and I finished at Walton High School out in East Cobb. And at some point, I decided I wanted to do radio, and Georgia State made total sense. I wanted to work while I was in school. I wanted to be in the big city. <laughs> Instead of going to a small city and a small, you know, a college in a small town. So, you know, I can still remember I graduated Walton, you know, early. And because and then my mom took me down to Georgia State and like must have been the spring of 1982. And I think I started in the fall. I either started in the spring of 82 or the fall of 82. That first day we were there, we went by the radio station and I met a couple of folks and got involved. And, you know, who knew I'm still involved in that place 40 years later. Uh, it's been a great experience. I never thought I'd be at Georgia State for 40 years. You always figure you're going to go off and <laughs> be the voice of the Boston Celtics or the voice of the Red Sox or something like that. I'm from the Boston area. So that was, you know, that's always one of those things that lurks in the back of your mind as far as goals. Right. I, you know, I ended up, you know, working radio full time while I was in school and then while I was out of school and then I met my wife at Georgia State. And so 15 years turned into 20, which turned into 25. And, you know, I was telling you guys off air every year when we leave the baseball tournament this year, it happened to be after a 12th inning walk off home run <laughs> over the fence and the train tracks in left field there at Biscuit Stadium. Heartbreaker, heartbreaker. Yeah, it was. But I went back to the hotel, grabbed my stuff, because you never want to check out too early. The team was leaving on the bus at 6.30, so I got on the road a little bit about 6. And I got on the road, and it was like, you know, it it hit me that I have nothing Georgia State game-wise, football, basketball, baseball, until football. And this was the end of year 40. So it... You know, I was thinking about that as I was driving back up 85 from Montgomery to Atlanta, that uh, 40 years are in the books and uh, never thought it would be 40 years. But here we go. Look, uh, you know, headstrong into 41, you know, knock on wood and um, the next year of Georgia State football. 
Yeah, you thought you had nothing Georgia State related until I messaged you on Facebook and said, hey, man, you want to come on the podcast and talk about Georgia State? <laughs> <laughs> We're casual, though. We, we, we're probably going to uh, ask you a little bit more about Kiss. So, Well, then it'll be a good podcast. <laughs> it, it can't be. A, I, I try. So my <laughs> wife is one of the is one of the, the crafty folks, and she's she made, you know, our our logos and our shirts and stuff like that. And I was like, how I like. <laughs> Like five hours ago, I was like, what are the chances? I showed her the KISS logo, just the regular letters, you know, like KISS. And I'm like, what are the chances you can make a GSU version of this logo and print me a shirt tonight just to have a KISS shirt uh, for a KISS Georgia State shirt for Dave? And she just looked at me and was like, no. So <laughs> not good. I, well, listen, you, not guys, good hey, you, guys are, you guys are better dressed than I am when we record the Panther Insider podcast. You at least have shirts with your logo. We don't have that for the Panther <laughs> Insider podcast. Well, See, well I know you don't, you don't do video, right? Uh, no, they're all audio. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> you, know. you, can just, you can just say you have shirts. But you're better yeah, dressed you're wearing than you anyway. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. I put this, normally it's just a regular t-shirt, a Georgia State t-shirt, but yeah, anyhow. Well, I'm wearing Georgia uh, State. Nice. Yeah, you are. You're pimping, you're repping. You're repping. I just put it on. Yeah, <laughs> pulled it out of the hamper and threw it on. This is actually my this is my second Georgia State shirt of the day because I I have a 11 month old, so I put on the first Georgia State shirt that was the one that's prepared for the kid to puke all over it, and then I would change into the actual Showtime shirt. But hey, I've got a bunch of questions, guys, for Dave, but I don't want to monopolize the conversation. So uh, if you guys have got one, I know Tim, I know you had one on deck. You wanted to talk about? Uh, yeah. uh go for it. Yeah, sure. So, Dave, I mean, you've been here 40 years, 40 seasons of Dave, right? Uh, you got seen a lot of special moments in Georgia State Athletics. I know you can't name one, so maybe name like your top three all time over the last 40 years of calling Georgia State Athletics. Well, with basketball and football, you can break it down by sport, per se. Sure. Um, certainly in basketball, and I, I've said this before in, in some other pieces that Mike Holmes and I had done a few years ago, the one, the one piece of audio I wish I had was in 1983 when Georgia State was 0-5 coming out of uh, a road trip that was uh, Oklahoma, SMU, and then Tennessee. We were 0-5 by the time we got back to Atlanta. And then got on the bus and went up to Knoxville and beat Tennessee on a last second Tony <laughs> Graham shot, 52 to 50. And I, I've got the newspaper clippings. I've got the somebody sent me the Knoxville sports page, which I still have downstairs in the basement. Um, the one thing that I don't have, and you know, I, I would have had to have been really recording it on a tape recorder right next to me, <laughs> but I don't have the final call of that. I can close my eyes and see the shot because it's I don't know if you're familiar with Stokely Arena the old home of Tennessee basketball but you would walk you would walk to the back of the arena go up some stairs and then walk out kind of over the arena so you were really looking down on the floor hmm. which was kind of cool and um yeah I wish it, I wish that I had the audio from that that was really Georgia State's first well it was the first win over a power five but it was really the first best win other than the win in 1963 over College of Charleston, which was the program's first win. And 52-50, that's a, a low-scoring game. Yeah, it was. And, you know, Mike Perry and I used to go back and forth about various Georgia State teams. He would always 
he would always challenge me by giving, you know, what are your, what are your, what are your five best players? What are your, you know, who's your best five starting five? And, you know, that team that beat Tennessee was six and 22 at the end of the year. But I'm telling you, I know they were sick. I know, but I'm telling you, if you gave that team, Eric Irvin, who I still see downtown periodically at Peachtree Center, Eric Irvin was the point guard. Tony Graham was the two. Shabello Holmes was the three. Reggie Chenault was the four. And Brent Hagwood was the five. I'm telling you, if you gave that five and those bench players to lefty or Ron Hunter, they would have won 18 to 21 or 22 games. It was a good roster, but from a coaching standpoint, it was a mess. And, you know, Georgia State was just in a totally different place back in 1983. Right. If you gave those guys what the current players have, it would be a pretty it would be a pretty good starting five. So, but that win over Tennessee was, you know, certainly the, the great, the greatest first power five win. Then you could fast forward to Bob Reinhardt, who we just inducted into the Georgia state athletics hall mm-hmm. of fame. And, um, you know, I would go back to, you know, you said three games, I would, I would put it at three games in Deland, Florida in 1991 when we went down there and beat three teams. We were 0-6 against during the regular season. Oh, wow. We to, and, and Georgia State had never won a conference tournament game in the Transamerica. We went in and beat uh, Stetson, which was the host team. In those days, the host, you know, teams, schools bid on the tournament. So you were playing a home team on their home floor. We beat, we beat Stetson. We beat the University of Texas at San Antonio, and then we beat Arkansas Little Rock, and we were 0-16 against Little Rock all time. Many of the games were blowouts, and we beat them by 20. And that's how Georgia State got to their first NCAA tournament against Arkansas in the Omni. So that that whole weekend, those three games in three days was, you know, something that we had never seen before. Georgia State, I mean, let's be honest, Georgia State basketball from a record record standpoint was terrible back in those days. <laughs> you know, but I didn't Stay care. I was young. I was young and I was traveling with a Division One program, no matter how much Division One we were at the time. Sure. <laughs> we're still playing at Oklahoma. We're still playing at SMU. We're still playing at Tennessee. We played at Georgia, played at Georgia Tech. You know, we were still playing at places. Right. Um, and it was, you know, it was exciting at the time. Not that it's not still now, but at, at the time when you're 19 or 20 years old, 21 years old, it was like it was really exciting to be to be doing that. Yes, that's it. That was a uh, huh? <laughs> uh, Tim, that wasn't that your freshman year? Was it Stetson? Is that where you first started freshman college? Sophomore, yeah, freshman sophomore years, I did go to Stetson University. I actually did not know Georgia State was in the same conference. I didn't when I when I came to Georgia State, I was like, oh, they're in the same conference. That's kind of cool. Um, I've actually played in the pep band at Stetson and probably watched Georgia State play Stetson and probably beat them because uh, we weren't very good in 98, 99. So that, that's See, our, funny. our paths actually could have crossed and we just didn't know each other back Should then. Have. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, Ryan being the uber libertarian, he's like uh, that guy that thinks that privacy is like the most important thing in the world. Whereas I like I wish that our phones would like secretly like 
ping every other phone and so that when you finally like add someone's phone number it tells you all the times you guys have been in the exact same area like in the past like you could find out where your paths had crossed over the years i think that'd be super cool ryan thinks that's a massive invasion of privacy oh yeah and no oh, one yeah. should ever super cool super creepy <laughs> very massive invasion. like i get that email from google every now and again it's just like oh here's everywhere you went last month and it's like a map of what i did and i'm just like guys don't i know you're collecting it but don't send it to me like i just you don't come on you could fast forward i mean i know you said three games it's too hard to do you could fast forward to lefty drizel's five years and ten games fast forward to eight years of ron hunter i mean it was you know it got much more progressively better as we went from coach to coach with a few hiccups here and there you know I mean, Lefty had some great wins. Even Mike Perry had a great win one night at Auburn. Um, well, you, then, you, you talked about um, like a coach making a difference with the players, and we we got to see that more recently with Ron Hunter taking over that Rod Barnes team yep. that was not doing so hot, and they came in and just you know what they won like twenty games that year or something. Yeah, he won twenty two that first year there with all Rod Barnes' players. <laughs> yeah, so I saw that with Lefty. Lefty took over. Um, Carter Wilson's team and and had five straight winning seasons, including the 29 and five team in 2001. Ron Hunter did it. Uh, Rob Lanier kind of picked up, I think, where Hunter left off. If not for COVID, I think Lanier would have had, you know, at least two, possibly three 20 win seasons in his three years there. And you guys know we should have beaten App State, what, three years ago, and he would have had his back to back in NCAA tournaments. And, uh, you know, I'm hoping for the same for Jonas. You know, the situation has just changed a little bit because, uh, you know, the Sun Belt has gotten progressively better in the time that we've been in it with uh, right with the teams that have been subtracted and now the teams that have been added. So. So you made a, you made a comment about, uh, you know, Georgia State being like just, you know, garbage in basketball for all those years. And, and they were. Uh, you and I, I think one of the first conversations you and I had, I think it was at six feet under at a, um, at a Ron Hunter event back, like maybe his first or second year there. And we were talking and, and, uh, I made a comment about, it had to be second year because we were doing good. And I made a comment about like, you know, you covered a lot of bad basketball, like over your, your tenure. And like, how does it feel now to cover, you know, a team that's actually a, a good winning program. And you said something, I think you said, that you had talked to your wife and you said, I may go down in the record books as, as for calling the most college home losses or, or college team losses in all of history. Uh, I, how does it feel now to see, you know, uh, Georgia state basketball really just like making that turn and being a very competitive basketball program, making the tournament in, uh, in so, so many years in just a short amount of time. Well, I will tell you that prior to lefty, Georgia State, of all the Division I programs, had the worst winning percentage of any D1 program. And Lefty kind of brought us out of that. And I used to tell my wife, if, if anything happens, here lies Division I's losingest radio announcer. <laughs> Uh, well, and, thankfully, and have, thankfully, yeah, nothing right. happened. And th- yeah, I th- thankfully, the thing that happened was we got we got better at uh, <laughs> at basketball. It's not your fault because we know we can do well <laughs> even when you're here. So, like, you know, we're not like go home, Dave. <laughs> but a lot of times they do wink, wink, blame the radio guy for for certain things. 
But oh no. man, I I don't think so. I think that uh, the the fan base uh, for all the haters and and all the the guys that you know uh, just don't make any excuses or anything. Like everyone is a, a big fan of Dave Cohen. Everyone's a big fan of the Voice. So it's um. It's it's not you, and and if it is you, so be it. We'll take it. We'll take it as we'll long as you're calling it, yeah. the games. I, I I'm still trying. I'm trying to figure out an app and I, I, a way I can get an app on my phone or my my TV where I can the the delay in game from your call and the actual video broadcast of the game. I can just like sync them up and just uh, do that because I would love to listen to you call the games and watch the game at live. I, there's a lot of people. There's a lot of Georgia State fans that don't even watch Georgia State games. They just listen to your uh, your audio call because uh, it's just it's better than watching the game. So, well, I appreciate that. And there is a way to do that. Um, there's a guy. There's a guy that. There, no, there is. There's a. My wife knows how to do it. But there's a the radio guy at Louisiana Monroe always posts this image of how to sync the radio and the TV broadcast. If you someone wanted to. Go ahead. Well, I refuse. And... I refuse to give anybody from uh, that state credit for anything. So uh, I'm just going to go ahead and Monroe, erase. Just I'm going to erase that bit of, the, of this conversation. I'm not going to release this the ra- in, in in the podcast. <laughs> the radio guys are pretty cool, though. I, I'm sure they are. I'm sure they are. Do they live? Do um, they live out of state? Are they like <laughs> over in Mississippi or something? No, no, Texas. they live in Louisiana. One's in La- one's oh. in Lafayette. One's in Monroe. Oh, that's horrible. What well, is um, nobody's perfect? No, but what I was gonna, what you, I was going to tell you I'm is, sorry. and this is selfless promotion of the Panther Insider podcast, and I forget which number it is because I've done most of them. Mike Holmes did, I think, two or three of them when they pertain to golf. But if you go back and listen to the Panther Insider podcast, where I interviewed Doctor Sherman Day, and Doctor Day served as athletic director when I first got to Georgia State, went on to become the interim president at Georgia State as well as the interim president and a number of different institutions around the state, but really has been a Georgia State person uh, from the get-go from 1967 on. If you go back and listen to that podcast, and they're only about 30 to 40 minutes, you'll get a really good idea of what Georgia State athletics faced back in the late 60s, early 70s, all the way up through the early 80s as to why it took so long for Georgia State athletics, not just basketball, to get on solid ground so that we could begin the point of getting to where we are today. It's really, really interesting. He goes into pretty good detail about, at that time, President Noah Langdale and President Bill Suttles. You know, Georgia State athletics was there, but it wasn't supported to the level that we that it should have been at the time and a lot of that was because of financial reasons and so it really wasn't until dr Patton, carl Patton, became president at georgia state that things really started to kick into gear and then when dr mark becker took over it really kicked into gear because dr becker knew as much if not more about college athletics than just about anybody on campus and was gung-ho about it and he would he came to games. He was always at basketball games in his mm-hmm. members only jacket. You know, you saw him just sitting there in the crowd with the stands, not not on the not not court side, not on the floor. He was sitting in the stands with fans and everything, just watching the game, which was I thought was great. 
So um, I, I'm going to I'm going to uh, do my best to remember to go find that episode of the Insider Podcast, and I will put it in the description in the uh, the podcast and the YouTube video of this release. So anybody watching and listening can uh, can go in and find that. Has there been? I will any, say uh, I will say oh. Dr. President Blake also does. Um, he sits on the court. <laughs> He does sit courtside, but he brings his whole family and he makes it like a it, it definitely doesn't feel like a chore watching him come to, to come to basketball games. So uh, I'll give you know, I, we gave Becker the shout out. I want I feel like Dr. President Blake deserves it, too. Yeah, Georgia <laughs> State's just President really Blake. interesting from a historical perspective, because for those folks that don't know, uh, Noah Langdale was an All-American football player at the University of Alabama. So we had a distinguished athletic background, but. At Georgia State, you know, Georgia State in the early days was not set up to be fraternities, sororities, big-time athletics program. Georgia State in the early days was basically set up to educate Atlanta's working population. So the emphasis in those days, in the 50s and the 60s and the 70s, was not put on athletics. It was put on educating Atlanta's working population. Where can, I, where can they go get an affordable college education after work? five nights a week. That's what the mission of the university was. It was not athletic oriented. Like, and I'm not saying it is totally now, but it's way, way more focused on athletics than it ever has been in the past. Yeah. It, it kind of amazes me with a lot of colleges, like why they even start sports you know, to, to begin with. Like, you know, at, at that point, uh, all they're doing is they're educating kids. That, that's what, the, that's what they're there for. It's a college they don't have huge enrollments or they don't have like, you know, like in Georgia state's case, like it was a commuter college for so long. It was just a place to go get that education and get back. Why would you even start it? I'm glad they did. But, um, yeah, that, that's, that's interesting. Uh, it's so not, I got it's outreach. It's advertising. Is there, well, uh, is there an was, arena or a, st sorry, go ahead, Dave, please. I was going to say it was, I'll, I'll, I'll leave it at this. It was best described to me by the then head of fundraising at Georgia state that college athletics, whether at Georgia state or ultimately at any other university should be viewed as the front porch to your university. It's the one thing that people after they've graduated will come back and be connected to if it's done the right way. <laughs> so. Oh, we, we can go into a long conversation about it not being done the right way at Georgia State. <laughs> it's a good, good caveat. Good caveat. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I remember when I was in college, I went to college in the, uh, the late 90s, early 2000s for way too many years and uh, to not get a doctorate. And, uh, you know, I, I was not a sports kid growing up that I, I was just wasn't a fan of sports not not because I didn't like it just that just my family wasn't sports fans so i didn't grow up with it and so when i graduated high school ended up at state my sophomore year i um uh, would go to uga I'd go to athens i'd go to i'd good, good friend of mine went to virginia tech and blacksburg and i would visit them on the weekends and i'd go to football games I'm like man if georgia state ever gets a football team I, i'm gonna be the you know front row, you know, 50 yard line. I'm going to be the biggest supporter uh, that I can be of this because this, this is so much fun and never, never thinking in my wildest dreams that Georgia state would actually have a football team. And then I guess, what was it? Um, well, not now, like almost 15 years ago when we, we first uh, started playing football, 
uh, I was like, oh, crap, I got to do this. And I tried to go to buy those 50 yard <laughs> front row seats. And uh, I was like, you know, 35 yard line is not that bad. That's still being a pretty good fan. <laughs> and that's, that's where I was in the Georgia Dome. And I loved it. And then Ron Hunter came and I was like, oh, basketball's cool too. And so got basketball season tickets and started supporting that. And now I'm just like I, looking at, at baseball and beach volleyball, two successful programs. And I, I just, hell, we do this podcast. Like I've become a huge fan of the school that I went to 20 years ago because of, uh, because of athletics. It's just, it's fun. Your, your five-year plan includes PAC president now. <laughs> we'll see about that. We'll see about that. <laughs> but uh, you know, we talk about a big what if. <laughs> we we talk about this all the time. Um, the, the, this is the another thing we get out of real... athletics is the connections that we got is like us being friends and you know knowing you, Dave, and getting yeah. to see everybody and all the different connections that we made. You know, whatever happens on the field or the court, it's great. Um, but you know, we have a, a good time tailgating, uh, basketball and football, and a good time just hanging out with each other. So. Well, this is another big what if that came out of that podcast with Dr. Day. So the 96 Olympics are over. Fulton County Stadium is just sitting there. It's almost deja vu what happened after the Braves vacated Turner Field for Cobb County. Olympics are over. If Georgia State, big if, this is a big what if, if Georgia State had the administration, like say Mark Becker was president in 1994, oh. 95, 96. Where are you Georgia going, Dave? State would have, Georgia State <laughs> would have been potentially in position to take over Atlanta Fulton County Stadium. And what oh. would we, where would we be now if we had started football in 95, nah. 96? Dave, I have never heard where that UCF before. Is. And UCF, oh, you're yeah. Me, UCF. You're getting me chill bumps, and you're getting me really frustrated at the exact same time. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, the, so, yeah, so you're saying – uh, Braves move in to Turner Field. Georgia State takes over the chop shop. And now we have football. We have baseball. We have everything. Oh, man. You're blowing the my mind. The problem was Georgia, Georgia State, from just a university standpoint at that point, could not have done it. Not ready. Yeah. not you know, Wrong mindset. Like, just none of it. Not ready no, for anything. The support's not there. The support's not there from the university. In other words, you don't have a president who's looking to go in that direction. You know, they they were okay playing basketball in the sports arena and baseball. We could have been a, schlepping out a to big, Panthersville in those days, like we still are. We, we could be a Big Twelve team right now. Could have. We could be doing what we could be doing what UCF did. We could be uh, accepting an invitation to the Big Twelve and playing there. That's crazy. You blew my mind, Dave. All right, somebody else has a question. I got. <laughs> I got, I got to, I got to, I got to recoil from this. But I got to chill out. So, <laughs> Ryan, what you got? I don't have questions. I told you guys I wasn't going to prepare for this. I don't know questions. All right, cool. I'll ask a question, but I was trying to get out. Uh, uh, Dave, uh, has there been like in your, in your tenure there, has there been like um, uh, a stadium or an arena or something you've gone into that you were just awestruck? Like, I mean, for me, recency bias, I'm like going into, Alabama on that first year of having of having football or RJ's first season going into Duke. I don't I don't know if we had played Duke before then um, mm-hmm. up there while you were uh, calling or whatever. But, but is there been I, a stadium? I was not that at that game. You were not. Then why were you not no, at the bar with, with us? 
I was with Bill Curry in football in Orono, Maine. That was that oh. was Coach Curry's last game as head coach. Oh. Yeah. Such a Sorry. Hard, anyway. Oh man! Thankfully, the sportscasters get to be in heated and air-conditioned rooms, so you wouldn't have to deal with it being that bad. <laughs> I sent a I sent a friend of mine who I'd worked with at Furman, who was doing some fill-in work for me. I sent him to Durham, and he did that game on the radio. Uh, RJ's okay. game against Duke. Right. I didn't make right, it right. till I didn't make it to Duke until. I went with Rob Lanier a couple of three years ago when we okay. played up there. Four years but ago. Is there, is there been, long it's been, though. So is there any arena that you were kind of like awestruck in? Like, this is so cool just to be in this arena, be in this press box at this place? Yeah, there's been a few places. Uh, you know, I've been fortunate to go to Hawaii twice with basketball. And I'd seen the Stan Sheriff Center on TV so many times watching late-night West Coast basketball. And to, you know, <laughs> not, not that it's uh, this – awe-inspiring arena, but a, but a place that I had seen on TV so many times <laughs> on those late-night ESPN games to actually be at the Stan Sheriff Center not once but twice. I've done five games in there now. was kind of cool. Georgia State, when Lefty was here, we played New Mexico at the pit in New Mexico, which was kind of cool. Um, the yeah. pit? The pit. That, that doesn't year. sound like a nice place. <laughs> well, it, it's actually one of those you know, it's a to me, it's a uh, a checkbox arena. Cool. You know, to go to. Um, I remember going. I forget what year it was. Bob Reinhart was the head coach. It was either a Monday night or a Tuesday night. It was the only it was the only top twenty five team in action, and Georgia State played at Wyoming against the player, the preseason player of the year. You probably don't remember his name, but you can look him up. Fennis Dembo. He was on the what cover of Sports name. Illustrated. He was on the cover of yeah. SI in the preseason issue. <clears throat> and to be at the Dome on the range was pretty cool. Obviously, being at Stegman Coliseum in Athens was great. And, you know, some of the other places. You, you mentioned all the football stadiums have been cool, from Oregon to Washington. I've been to Alabama twice. You know, I had been to Clemson when I was working with Furman University on their football radio network. So I'd been there a couple of three times. Penn State was cool, finally getting to Happy Valley. Uh, Wisconsin and going to Camp Randall that game was pretty sucked, cool. Though. Yeah. Well, like we that. could have won that game. <laughs> but then, no, no. I was saying the, 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 the Penn State game, that, that was State pretty game. crappy oh, with yeah. the, the timeout. <laughs> the... Well, everybody made a big deal about that. It, uh, you know, you either get beat 51 it. to nothing or 51 to three. It, to me, it wasn't that big of a deal. Well, the thing about that, Dave, was I uh, later on the season, like, Maybe it was two or three games later. Maybe it was six or seven. I can't remember how long it was. Uh, you know, Penn State was a, pro a projected uh, national championship team that season, and uh, they lost to whoever they lost to later in that season. And uh, the players just like hung their heads and started walking down the tunnel to leave. And their head coach uh, was grabbing them, like, "No, go out there, shake hands, high five, do the do the the, the, the sportsman like thing." And you know, and sh show that you're you're a, a man of respect, a man of honor, whatever. And so people were talking about how great of a coach this was, how great of a good coach this is. And this one news show that I watched, and it wasn't even a guy that I like on the news show. He was like, 
Uh, didn't that guy just like ice a kicker on a 51 point <laughs> lead to end the game to keep the, the like this guy's not about that. He was just trying to do it for the the TV, whatever. And I was like, that's I'm I'm, I'm glad someone else saw that, that was just a bunch of crap that night. So. Well, and what sucks for them is I was up there and I, you know, I went up there with a, a, per, a person who graduated from Penn State. He brought his kid to the very first Penn State game that he's been to ever his adult child you know it was like a big like a homecoming thing for him and we tailgated all day and uh i had the hospitality up there was great one of the one of the nicest fan bases i've met um everyone was super great in the stadium i loved all the cheers i was like i was so impressed with everything and then they iced the kicker and i'm like god I think you might have spoiled the whole thing. <laughs> that's, like, that's, had so much good Penn State energy. That is James is Franklin. It? That's his mo. Like he's known to to be like that. So, and, and you know, know, Knoxville was great, but I so wanted, mm-hmm. I so wanted us to kick that field goal late to get to forty-one points. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> we didn't, and it was like you know, it's not not so much from bad sportsmanship, but I'm like. Did Tennessee give a rat's behind in 2012 when they put 51 up on the board against us the first time we went up well, there? Well, Kicked we were the field we were, goal was, and let's put 41 on them. Right. Well, that was I remember that game that, that first game. Uh, we were either uh, I think it was like no score or something after the first quarter because Ryan and I weren't like you know buddies back then, but we knew each other from just Georgia State tailgating and stuff. And I'm sitting there uh, in my stands. And like at, at the first in the first quarter, Ryan's walking up. We make eye contact. We both kind of like shrug, like, "What the hell's going on? We're not. There's no score yet." And yeah, then the the wheels broke the off. Wheels I guess they wanted off. to make sure yeah. that that, that uh, they know it would happen. Depth, so. depth is an issue at that level, right? I mean, like, uh, and when you're FCS, especially, you have fewer scholarships. But our first string can hang with 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 the big boys. But as soon as you you start looking at depth, you you get. I mean, that's why second halves always look way different. <laughs> yeah. Well, is I, there? I, a, still want, I still want that field goal. Yeah. <laughs> still, <laughs> hey, I wanted this to be. Well, I, I don't. I don't think that Tennessee will be scheduling us uh, anytime soon in football again. Uh, and, also, and Auburn uh, won't either. No. And Auburn won't either. Actually, it was funny during that game. Uh, I remember the Auburn game. I was uh, checking my, my my Twitter at halftime, and someone po- popped up and said that uh, Georgia State is like you know thirty minutes away from never getting blacklisted by every SEC team right now. And I thought that was, that was funny. Um, Wouldn't that be great? That would be fantastic. I mean, it'd be be bad for whoever does our budgeting, but um, it'd be good for everyone else. (laughs) All right. We got a, we got a, we got a Patreon comment here, Dave. Uh, Trent miles could have learned a thing or two from James Franklin about icing the kicker. Look, we've got a good, we've got a good history of icing kickers. All right. I mean, you know, Bill Curry, (laughs) was excellent in App State icing that kicker. Um he, he that was, stopped that the Trent. kick from happening. That was Trent. That was that was Trent. That was, oh, I think that's right. the, uh, John's Trent. talking about. Yeah. That was that was I'm Trent. Drunk. Yeah. Were you were you I'm up drunk. there? Were you up there for that um that App State Frozen game where yeah. where Trent iced the kicker for all three timeouts going into the half during the blizzard? Yeah. Uh, you that was been, another you what was the final in that? Was that final fifty one nothing too? Something like that. It was, it was not uh, good. it was absurd. It was absurd. Yeah, that's the game where. Yeah. So, so Harper, Harper LaBelle and I are sitting there in the radio booth, you know, getting ready for that one, and all of the uh, or many of the App State players. It was a driving snowstorm, 
and all of the or some of the App State players come out for their pregame warmups without a shirt on, and that's when we knew it was going to be a long, long day. <laughs> yeah. You know, our guys, for whatever reason, and I'm listen. I'm not, I'm not a player, so I, I sympathize. That those are tough conditions to play in. That's a definite home field advantage for an App State football team for those guys to be able to play in those conditions much more than anybody else does. We, you know, that was, that was foreign to us. We were, we were playing in the Georgia yeah. dome in those days, seven, you know, every, <laughs> yep. you know, at, at, on every kickoff, 72 degrees here at the Georgia dome in downtown Atlanta. And we're <laughs> underway here, Georgia state against so-and-so. What did you think about? So at the Georgia dome, uh, we had, they set it up so that the Falcons visitor locker room was Georgia state's home locker room. But then we were putting, that, that meant that we were putting our opponents in the Falcons locker room. Uh, what did you think about that setup and that, that whole thing about being playing in the Georgia? What was it like playing in the Georgia dome? What was it like calling games in the Georgia dome? Well, early on, it was cool. You know, that first season, it was pretty cool. Um, yeah. You know, the, there will never be another Georgia state football game. You remember the foreigner song feels like the first time. If you're right. old enough to remember the band Foreigner, I mean, nothing will ever be like that first game on September 2 of 2010. If you were there, magic, right? It, you know, it wasn't uh, oh, even sure. just it wasn't, it wasn't even just a Georgia State sports event. It was a city of yeah. Atlanta event. Everybody showed up because they wanted to be able to say they were at the first game, and it was great. And then things went downhill from there because we lost to Lambeth in week two which still pisses me mm -hmm. off because, you know, <laughs> the school folded. So when the, in the media guide, it will forever show us 0-1 against, you know, Lambeth. But we ended up limping to 6-5. and five. Thank goodness we beat Lamar in the final regular season home game because that next week was the trip to Alabama Oof, that we yeah. lost 63-7. to seven. But that first year, it was pretty cool. It was new. But I got to be honest, you know, years two and three when we were – you know, we went from six from six and five to what three and eight. Mm -hmm. uh, I forget mm -hmm. it was either one and eleven or zero oh and twelve or whatever it was. I mean, people weren't showing up. The novelty had worn off, and we were struggling. And it it was it was fun, you know, but it was not fun if you get kind of catch my drift. Because at the end that... of the day, David, I'd say this no matter what. From someone who'd been at Georgia State for many years and who thought we would never have football, I would take football under those conditions as opposed to not having it at all. Well, I'll tell you what, the tailgates that's awesome. were great. That's, that's, that's awesome to hear. I, I love to hear that, uh, yeah, that you would, because I agree. I want football at all costs. I mean, we're in the South, we're in the deep South. And if you don't have football, you're you're not really you're not really doing anything. And that's no disrespect to the other sports, the basketball, which has been great, baseball, which is great, beach volleyball, which is killing it, all other sports, they're great. But deep south, if you're not playing football, you're not you're not yeah, getting any attention at all. And but I agree, like you know, those games, that first game, I I I went there and I had eight season tickets. I bought with a group of friends, we all bought them together, and I had two friends that came with me. And they neither one of them went to Georgia State. They just came for the fun. And they said, we are adopt. Neither of them went to colleges that had football. And they said, we are adopting Georgia State as our football team because of how awesome this experience is. Like a month later, they ended up moving to New York. So they were they were out. But like that, that was the but also like, you know, going to those games like you went there and it was it was cavernous. 
uh, it was yeah. uh it was big. just uh, no yeah. one there i mean it was a bummer I always felt uh, if, we could, if we if we could have just averaged 10,000 fans a game yeah. not not 25 not 50 not 30 if we could have just averaged about in and around 10,000 a game but it was tough to do based on the fact that we were an FCS independent and then one year in the Colonial, and you're not bringing in opponents that are going to bring a large crowd and sell a lot of tickets. Maine, yep, right? You know, I remember doing an article one time for, uh, you know, it's still around, if you remember Score Atlanta. Mm -hmm. um, now, now it's a website, but they used to publish, and a pretty good one at that, they used to publish a, a weekly paper. And so they asked me to write a, a column on my thoughts on Georgia State football. And, you know, the last line of the column that I wrote was, on a given Saturday when Georgia's hosting LSU or Alabama and Georgia Tech is hosting Clemson or Florida State, will you come downtown to watch Georgia State play James Madison or Rhode Island at that time in the Colonial or yeah. Jacksonville State? Let's yeah, be honest. That's I, always, I, I, I love our the challenge has always Madison. been um, being a mid-major or group of five. <laughs> Lefty hated it when I would refer to things as mid-majors, but that's what we are. And that's what we, I mean, that's what we were and that's what we are. We're a group of five program operating in a major market with a lot of competition for the sports entertainment dollar. Sure. As everybody knows. I mean, I'm not telling anybody, I'm not saying anything nobody knows. Right. No, you're right. And I said the same thing. Like, you know, when we started playing football and I saw the teams we were playing against, I'm like, I'm glad we're playing football and I'll take that over not playing football. But this is not going to be a draw in Atlanta. And honestly, I'll say the same thing about the conference that we're in right now. I say honestly, as if it's not been very publicly put out there that I hate our conference. I mean, some say, conference, it's some a good league. Conference, it's a quality I will say it's a quality. It, I would be stupid if I said it's not a quality G5 conference. It's just not the conference that, and, and I'm, Dave, I don't want to put you on the spot saying anything. This is just my opinion. It's not the conference that Georgia State belongs in. This is just, we're, we are an outlier in this conference. I think that we're better suited somewhere else. Uh, no one wants to come out to see a Lafayette or a Monroe, you know, uh, or a South Alabama. That's just, that, that's no draw. Like our best draw is getting out of conference games, and we don't really. We got UNC last year; that was good. Um, would have been a lot better if we got had beaten them. But um, I don't know. That was not really a question. It was more of just a statement. Well, the one school you could look at, and you guys mentioned them earlier, that you could look at and say, "Hey, we're trying to follow that model," because twenty years ago we were in the same conference with the University of Central Florida. Mm -hmm. Right. And they're about to join the Big 12 and play with the big boys and make big boy TV money. Yep. We're not quite there yet. But I will say <laughs> that Dr. Becker, Charlie Cobb, our athletic director, both have done a pretty good job or a better than pretty good job positioning us athletically to be where we can best compete based on budget, based on facilities. You know, some people say, well, you know, we got to get in a different league. Well, where are we going to go power five-wise? The SEC is not inviting us. The oh ACC no, right no, now no. is turmoil. Right. We're not going to the Big Ten or the Big 12 or the Pac-12. So 
if it's not the Sun Belt, realistically, where is it that we would end up going? Now, everybody thought the American Athletic prior to UCF and Cincinnati and Houston getting out would make sense. It would put us in a league with other large market universities. Other other peers, right? Yeah, Yeah, you're right about that. I mean, we're going to Monroe. We're going to Troy. We're going to Lafayette. We're going to Hattiesburg. We're going to Boone. We're going to Conway, South Carolina. I mean, we are the largest market school. I think the closest largest market is Mobile. So from that standpoint... The what? Sorry. Sorry, sorry. I was going to say, I mean, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, the two largest markets outside of Atlanta would have to be Mobile and what else? In Charlotte? In, in conference. In, co- in conference. In conference. Uh, that, that's oh, what my yeah. question is. I was, yeah, was, was going to say. From a conference standpoint. Yeah. Uh, San Marcos? Mm-hmm. I don't know. San Marcos is a small town halfway between San Antonio and Austin. Yeah, no. But they they, they 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 claim those markets just like uh, the trash down south claims Savannah. Savannah. You know? right. I was gonna say, Myrtle Beach. Trash down south Savannah, then uh, then you know that's cool. But you can't give them that because Savannah's <laughs> yeah. cool and they're not. I mean, Coastal sells Myrtle <laughs> Beach. Yeah. And football stays in Myrtle Beach and basketball sometimes stays in Myrtle Beach, but it's twenty minutes. By the away. way, I was in Myrtle Beach just a few weeks ago. Uh, great vacation spot. Garbage. Like no reason to go there. Uh, and it's. <laughs> It's not close off the highway. You like you exit at the Bucky's and you drive for another forty-five miles on like twenty-five mile an hour roads. It's it's horrible. I think it would be a good spot if they ever decide to move the baseball tournament around. You could play where the Myrtle Beach Pelicans play. And- All right, Dave. I don't want to. I don't want to hate you, Dave. I don't want to hate you. Don't <laughs> we don't we don't do we don't tolerate coastal around here. I was saying uh, there was um there's a Gulf Gulf Shores casino the hard rock or something has a baseball field that uh i think a minor league team played at or whatever i think conference usa did their tournament there for a while gambling beach like golf beach not that stupid myrtle crap conway crap uh gambling beach and uh uh not being in conway Sounds a lot better for baseball tournament. I would go to that. I would go to that tournament. That sounds like a fun tournament to go to every year. I'm just saying, if you move it around, right? You know, you could take it to the Pelicans Park one year. You could go to Montgomery. You can't really go to Birmingham because the SEC tournament is there. Do you take it out towards Louisiana? No. Nope. You know, it, hard pass. Just for hard a pass. year or two. Alexi, I don't know. You know, nah. yeah, do you, yeah, do you go to Biloxi? Biloxi had minor league baseball. You go to the park with the Biloxi. I think, that, Biloxi. I think they were called the, the Shuckers, I think they were called. <laughs> I go Biloxi. I got a problem with that. That's fine. We're down with that. No, no Louisiana. No Louisiana, no uh, Conway. That's, that's all I'm saying. And casinos, preferably, which Biloxi David, has. David casinos. hates Coastal, and we keep trying to explain to him that he he has now given Coastal like high rivalry status in his book and he, he denies it, but coastal is a rival for David, like a, a hardcore rival. Why? Football. Well, one, it took a a dump in your toilet. Back and forth football. (laughs) Teal is a very, very ugly color. (laughs) And two, I am, I am very petty and I don't like all the attention they got when they won a couple of games last year or two years ago, whenever they were like, Look, winning some David, games. I'm petty, and they took a bunch of shits in my bathroom, and <laughs> you know I'm still don't have the hatred you have. David but doesn't remember, know that. We, right. 40, we had a 42-40 win over there a couple of years ago. 
Yeah, we did. Yep, yep. Uh, so Coastal's an interesting team because in, in football, uh, the home team has never won. Right. The home team has never won. It's always been the away away team. Uh, Dave, question for you: What is your favorite sport to cover? Because you've covered like, everything. What do you like to cover the most? Yeah, um, you know, basketball I've done for 40 years. And, you know, working with Bob Reinhardt was great. Working with Lefty was great. Working with Carter Wilson was good. Uh, working with, you know, really comes down to, like, the, the staffs, the coaching staffs. Is it is it cool and fun to travel with them? Lefty was like traveling with a rock star. You know, right. sure. people knew, you know, everywhere we went, you know, sports fans people who knew college basketball knew who he was and we didn't we had never had that before you know so that whole experience was great ron hunter was great because other than i think one season we were winning every year yeah you know and he went to three ncaa tournaments in what five years six years and won again you know we created one of the most iconic moments in georgia state basketball history two of the most iconic moments RJ's shot mm-hmm. the ensuing falling <laughs> off the rolling stool. I got that bobblehead right here. I got I got two boxes of them down in my office. <laughs> but you know, basketball has provided, you know, just so many moments under each of those coaches. Bob Reinhardt, again, we're we're Walking up Marietta Street, well, they, they took the train. The team is taking the train to the Omni station and practicing in the Omni for that first NCAA tournament against the Arkansas Razorbacks. I mean, in hindsight, wow. that was huge at the time for where Georgia State was. I mean, nobody knew who we were. Nobody was familiar with what was Wait. going on except a small circle of people. So did you say they were taking Marta? What? Georgia State basketball took Marta to shoot around and practice at the old Omni. <laughs> You've been on at the Georgia State stage. But yeah, but the CBS TV crews followed them. <laughs> They're like, all right, this is a trip. Let's follow where they go. Yeah, I mean, that was a big wanna, deal wanna, at the time. I want to see the CBS guys holding their cameras, like trying to like, tap their like, Marta card or like put their token <laughs> in and, and doing everything back then. <laughs> you know. There was a lot of great moments. And so basketball, I guess, would have to be, because I've done it the longest, would have to be, you know, if I had to rank it, football has been great for the most part because I never thought we'd had it. And, you know, we were talking about, you know, obviously Coach Curry put us on the map. He was the face of the program. Did we win as many games? No. But that's what happens when you start football and – it's not always going to be a winning product. It, I mean, we did take our lumps. It took us a while to get to where we were two years ago, winning eight games. Yeah. And Coach Miles came in, and I got along with Trent really well. I think that he, he sacrificed his win-loss record in order to bridge the program between Curry and ultimately to Coach Elliott because Coach Elliott comes in that first year with all of Trent Miles' players and wins a bowl game. Yeah. Yeah, Western Kentucky, same situation as what Lefty did with Carter Wilson's players and what Ron Hunter did with Rod Barnes's players. The message in the locker room was a little different. The the program, you know, turned and went in a different direction under a new head coach, and it worked. 
Yeah, we talk about it all the time about how uh, Trent Miles was the guy we needed at the time. He uh, he fixed the things that were wrong with what Curry's uh, program was, and he got us to the point that Coach Elliott was able to take it to the to the next level. And I've got the utmost respect for uh, Trent Miles, and he's one of my top three football coaches of Georgia State all time history. So well, he knew what he was into because. <laughs> Off air during one of the radio shows that we did, he told me shortly, I mean, it was a couple of days after it was announced that Georgia State was purchasing Turner Field. And he was excited about it. But he said, look, I'll probably never see the inside of that place as head coach at Georgia State. I will either have yeah. won enough that I have moved on or I will have lost too much and I'm going to get shown the door. And ultimately yeah. that's what happened. That's what well, I try to explain to fans of other programs at our level. The you know, like the Kennesaw coach got hired away immediately after um, the NCAA appearance, and I'm like, look, if your coach isn't getting hired away every you know four or five years, he's not very good. <laughs> Which, yeah, by the way, you may see Trent Miles this year because he's he's on the staff at LSU. Yeah, he is. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we, well, uh, I will not make. I, I don't think I'm making that trip because you know Louisiana <laughs> sucks as a state, but uh, I I am I am friends with his uh, niece. If, if that makes any difference, I'm friends with Trip Miles' niece. Minner, I want Minner. You know, I want to see him on our sideline. That's what I want. I no. know he's like he's like he's he's way too big for us now. But he's Ryan, Ryan, for, for for mentor for mentor to come to Drew State, he's gonna have to fail his his career. His career is so good right now, he has to fail to end up at Georgia State. Yeah. I saw something on Twitter <laughs> not too long ago that his name was mentioned with a number of three or four or five other names of those guys who are top coordinators that are in line to be that next generation of head coach. Didn't say what level, but his name was among that that group of names that uh, was posted. He's, he's going to get hired sure. into a P5 program yeah. head coach position. I mean, he that's how good he is at Michigan. I mean, it's, it's what, what it is. And he was that good here. I mean, that defense was so much fun to watch because they were so good and so aggressive. I love that defense so much. That's why I want him back because I, I just loved watching it. Yeah, but he might have to take a Billy Napier type path. Yeah. And I remember Billy Napier because he mm -hmm. was a quarterback at Furman when I was up there, again, doing radio stuff. And, um, you know, he spends time in Alabama. I think he spent time at both Alabama and Clemson, maybe one other place. But next thing you know, he's named head coach at Louisiana, Lafayette. A lot of success in Lafayette. And, you know, his name two or three years before going to Florida, his name had been, you know, batted around as a power right. five potential. And then finally he, you know, for whatever reason, the Florida job came open and it worked out. So, so you're telling us that there's a chance to get Minter back then, is what you're saying. If the if it's a step, you know, Georgia State <laughs> for guys like that is a stepping stone job. I'll take it. We'll take hey, we'd love to be the school that is a stepping stone for like I said, if, if you're not if it's not a stepping stone, you you suck. You're not it's a good a coach. It's a stepping stone job the same way Lefty when Lefty Drizel took the job, it was a stepping stone job to retirement. Sure. Lefty knew this was his last job. Lefty was not trying to climb any ladders. Ron Hunter, on the other hand, goes from 17 years at IUPUI and helps usher them to a Division I program, further puts right. Georgia State on the map from a success standpoint and a wins standpoint. Next thing you know, he's you know taking the two-lane job. 
It's a, Georgia State was a stepping stone <laughs> job in terms of what you pay your head coach. At the time, Georgia State, I think, was paying, I don't know, somewhere around half a million to 600000 Well, Tulane's yeah, throwing that's... around a little over a million. Well, of course, it's a no-brainer. You're going to take a, that It's job. not even a decision. It's just go, right? right? Yeah. Same with yeah, Rob but, Lanier. But, yeah. Yeah, he got like $2 million or something like that to go SME, right? He, he got like crazy, ridiculous money to go over there. He got a there. five-year deal for $10 million. I would take that yeah. deal. That's, gonna, that, that's life-altering money. Yeah, yeah. I'll let my boss know that I I will leave for that kind of money. So they need to up it. <laughs> um, I will I will go full circle with the realignment talk though. Um, this that's what convinced me that the AAC because I was I was where where you were, Dave, um, saying that like you know why would we go there at this point with with the major programs that were the reason to go there are are leaving, but their TV money is still like ten times the Sun Belt. But will it be now. The next time it comes around for negotiation when you lose three programs like they've lost? And who yeah. knows how long Memphis is going to stay in the American Athletic? Oh, I guess they're it, out. It kind of de- well, where are they going to go? Yeah. Right, we got a question we'll, from we'll take yeah. Patreon. Uh, if you get a chance to ask, as someone that has been around the athletics program for 40 years, I'm curious how adding football and success in basketball has impacted growth of the non-revenue sports. How's uh, um, how's the uh, golf and tennis and uh, volleyballs and things been going on? Softballs. You know, golf and tennis has always been over the years decent. Um, they haven't maybe necessarily years ago had the kind of success that they've had in recent years. Volleyball you know, and beach volleyball is all relative. The, the beach volleyball portion of it, as you know, is relatively new. And, mm-hmm. you know, bringing back Beth, Beth Van Fleet, who's a former Georgia State student athlete, has been, you know, fantastic. Uh, they're mentioning soccer as well. Soccer, even going back to Scotty O'Neill, who was head coach when I first got to Georgia State. Soccer, I don't remember. I don't remember how good the Trans America Athletic Conference and the Atlantic Sun were in soccer back in those days, but Georgia State has always had competitive soccer, competitive tennis, competitive golf. I mean, the head coach at uh, uh, I'm trying to think of his name right now, but you know, we lost our head golf coach at the time to Florida State, and they're about to play for a national. I think they're playing for a national championship. Yeah, I feel like golf's tailed off a little bit since he left. Yeah, he's been gone a number of years. And his yeah. name will pop in my head here in a minute. Um, After we log off, you'll remember exactly. You'll like wake up and the bed, one like, sport. Uh, listen, the one sport when we talk about moving to another league, the same way, you know, when football transitioned from the Georgia Dome to a re vamped Turner Field, now Center Park Stadium, that was a major step. When the basketball team played this first year of the GSU Convocation Center, that was a major step. The man we were step. undoubtedly in, you know, even though, look, I love the sports arena. I was in it for 39 years at all hours of the night. Um, <laughs> but, you know, going into the Convocation Center really put us on another level. I say that because we're now in the Sun Belt in a league where just about every team treats baseball as a major sport. 
the league just got four teams in the NCAA regionals. Um, and I think that uh, Greg, I think Mike Hurst did a great job considering his challenges back in the day. If you remember Coach Hurst, uh, Greg Frady mm -hmm. carried the program. Still in 2009, a great weekend at UNC Wilmington and the CAA championship. And the first and still the only regional NCAA that we've appeared in at Georgia Tech, um, which was a great weekend. And Brad Stromdahl has taken over from Coach Frady the last four years and I think has done a fantastic job. We've had some pretty dadgum good talent on this baseball team. Yeah. But until we build, and everybody knows this, until we get that new stadium on the site of the old Atlanta Fulton County Stadium, it's going to be hard to raise the level of the baseball program to what I called, and Brad and I talked about this last week in Montgomery, the Sunbelt Baseball Elite, which is Coastal, Louisiana, Southern Miss, Troy, um, Georgia Southern. They've yeah. all got really, really nice facilities. You know, Louisiana Lafayette treats baseball. You know, they average like, I think it's 2,000 or 2,500 spectators per game over there crazy. they treat baseball like it's a double a minor league ball club same thing in hattiesburg hattiesburg does the same thing right i've not been there for baseball but yes they are yeah. baseball yeah. You know, no, I, they I, are... I can I, I will i will i have been to two baseball games at uh, panthersville and I, I just imagine if they're in summerhill I'll go there. Like, that'll be my weekend thing. Like I'll, I'll take my kids and that'll let that. That's, that, that's the weekend. We're going to go Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We're going to hang out. If it's not all three days, it's at least one or two days. You know, we're, we're going to go hang out. I agree. I think that, that, and I think you get, you, you could draw casual fans like, Oh, there's just baseball in downtown Atlanta. Let's just go hang out there. If it's done right. If it's marketed, right. If, if the facilities are right, it's going to be a fun, a fun time for, um, for everyone. But yes. There's kind of a glass ceiling until that facility is built with regards to becoming base an elite program within the Sunbelt Conference because it is yeah. a good baseball league. Right. And, we and like just said. about every school has a really, really nice facility. Yeah. We have good training facility, right? But it's not nowhere close to our baseball field. Right. You just need to put the field next to the training facility. Right. Do you uh, have have you been given any indication? Like I've I've heard stuff, but have you been given any indication into how soon we could expect something to happen down there? In all honesty, in all honesty, I, I have not. I've heard different things with regards to how close we are. Um, you know, I was told that in nineties when, when when was it? Sometime in ninety six, early ninety seven, when they imploded Fulton County Stadium. Mm -hmm that it was imploded after they stripped it of seats and they took everything out of it and it was just a skeletal structure. When they imploded it, they imploded in. Mm -hmm. And that underneath that parking lot is all the concrete and everything. And I was told that it would have to be excavated before you could build on top of that site. Whether that's 100% true or not, I'm not 100% sure. I, that's what I, we've been hearing. Dave, too. I... Dave, I'm I'm gonna beat my chest a little bit because I think I actually know something that you don't know. It does have to be excavated. It, there's gonna be a lot of dirt that has to be moved, and it's up the cost. Like where we were seeing like original numbers, 
in like the six million dollar range it's moved into like the 30 40 million dollar range of just because of the excavation that has to happen to uh to get it set up for um a, ba- a baseball field and stuff so that's why i go back to what we were talking about earlier from the podcast with dr day if georgia state takes over fulton county stadium somehow <sighs> pairs it pairs it down there's your baseball facility right there and football facility baseball. right there. Baseball. Yeah. In, 1990, football. in 1997. Could just be soccer all up in here. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Well, then we should have to move to Las Vegas because everybody, <clears throat> all the teams in Oakland, no, move to Las Vegas. I did something very on serious. Um, well, and very, something very serious. I, I, I should just correct myself. Uh, early, earlier, you referenced the convocation center multiple times. Um, you are the one person who can make this stick. We have been calling it the box. Um, and you named, you, know, you, you named it. You named the sports arena. Like it's called the sports arena because you said, uh, "Come on down to the Georgia State uh, sports arena on WRAS." <laughs> so I did. I, named... All I said was, "I'm not." All I said was, "I'm not calling it the GSU Physical Education Complex." Was, what is it? <laughs> This doesn't roll off the top. The building, and I said the right that. Decision. I said that just does not sound impressive on the radio. We're going to call it the Georgia State Sports Arena, and that's what All I started right, so now- calling it on the radio because anybody who was listening who had never been there would have visions of an, an arena, arena. <laughs> instead of a rec center, instead of a high school gym, <laughs> where you walk All up right, to the so counter yeah. and say, "Hey, can I get a towel and a basketball?" <laughs> Which is what it was on the yeah, second I'm, floor. I, I'm in. I'm in. I, I, co- coach is gonna put me in in the in the second half. Oh yeah. So yeah, uh, like Ryan said, the box. So can the you box. can you call it the box? And also, uh, Center Park is the park. Yeah, the park. And we well, tailgate the on C- the bricks. Okay, so and we tailgate so you guys, on. So you said you've been to Panthersville twice, right? Oh, well, we've been a, we've been a couple more times than that. Just uh, the spring games were there um, for a couple of years. Yes, yeah, they were for... over. Well, they were over at the soccer facility. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. you had to, right, you had to drive right, right. past. Okay, so on the radio or on ESPN Plus, I refer to it most of the time as the ballpark at Panthersville. Okay. Does that not sound better than the GSU baseball complex? Well, plus, and plus I live. will say that the camera <laughs> angles that they give are really nice. I, I was like, what is this facility? And like, and I'm looking around, I'm like, I'm noticing the little things. And I'm like, oh man, these camera angles are just really good. And I always the try cameras to point are flattering. Out some of the, I try to point out like one of my favorite historical parts of uh, Panthersville, because I've got a few sheets of it out in the garage as, as they've replaced it. But again, going back to Fulton County Stadium, not as much anymore, but initially that blue wall at Panthersville, all of that plywood came from Atlanta Fulton County stadium. Wow. I remember hearing that. Yeah. You go back and watch old video of the Braves at Fulton County stadium. You'll see a blue wall. That plywood or that wall was, I guess, I don't know how they did it. Dismantled loaded in a truck brought out to Panthersville and they built the outfield fence from from Fulton County stadium. Like, give us some of that juice. If you want a piece of, if you want a piece of the plywood, I've got extra pieces in the garage here. <laughs> I do. Um. 
Hey guys, we 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 have taken up Dave's time for over an hour. Do you have any more last question? I've one last question, but do you guys I'm have good, any last questions? As long questions? as you want to go, I like talking about this stuff. Uh, well, you know, we'll we'll bring you back. We'll bring you back uh, right. anytime you're be you're available. Because uh, I I, I, I know how I summer. feel right now. I I know how I feel right now, and I know that these guys have got to go uh, piss right now. So. Um, <laughs> So uh, we'll do one more round of questions. Do, uh, Brian has no questions because he never prepares for anything. Tim, do you have any questions? I'll give you an easy one. You've been to all the Sunbelt schools. Who serves the best media food? Um, from a basketball standpoint, I think it's probably the Raging Cajuns. That's what they got going that. for them. That's yeah. what the thing that Louisiana has going for it is food. That's it. That's yeah. all they got. All right, football? Yeah. Same. Yeah, I mean they they have a pretty decent spread for the raging Cajuns. You know, I will say this though: um, the longest break that I have on the radio from pregame all the way to postgame is two minutes. So rule number one is we don't eat a lot before we go on the radio. Because no. it's going to take me 30 to 40 seconds to get down to the restroom, 30 to 40 seconds to get back to the radio booth. How much time does that leave in between? Not a Not lot. Not a whole lot. Not a lot. Things we don't think about, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> Most of our eating is done when we get off the air. Well, right. so from what I'm told, from what I'm told about the changes to the on the bricks tailgating this year in football is that we will be able to keep our tailgate open uh, during and after uh, the game, the football game for an hour. So when you come out of the, your press booth and you're hungry, we will have all kinds of very, very cold food for you to eat. <laughs> That's right. Stale food that once was delicious. That's fine because it's better than what we're eating in a lot of ca- in a lot of cases. But I'll bring Harper. I'll bring Harper, and I'll bring Rick, the engineer, and we'll uh, we will partake and eat the rest of your food. We do things like barbecue it. competitions. There's a chili cook-off for the final game of the of the season. Um, we 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 try to do it up, so the food is usually on point. Yeah, we'll be good. We'll be good. All right, my final question. I will say we do, we, do have to come up, we do have to come up with another name for the convocation center, and I'm sure they're working on the a box. name sponsor. The box. The box. <laughs> Sorry, Dave. He's trying box. to picture his head saying it on the radio. Yeah, we need something he, he, a little bit something, something a little bit more <laughs> something a little bit more related to Georgia State. Well, the if they would have built something more related, but what they built was a big <laughs> box. All right, that's what they got. <laughs> It didn't give you more much to work with. <laughs> all right, all right. I'll, I'll, I'll let you out of here, Dave. I'll, I'll start thinking. Of go, something. go, go. All right, yeah. all right. My last question is: uh, This is this is. Um, how does it feel to be the second most notable, Dave, when it comes to Georgia State? <laughs> <laughs> Me behind you. <laughs> I'm just oh, saying. He He's not yeah. saying anything. <laughs> 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 uh, I, I, am thank more, you. I am more than happy and willing to share that to share that space and that spotlight with you <laughs> thanks Dave. No. thank you very much for coming on uh from the moment we started this podcast what was it ryan three three years ago now i think it's Something three like years that. uh when we talked about inviting anybody from Georgia state athletics on, it was always you that we wanted to come on because uh, you've been here longer than any of us specifically, Ryan. 
uh, like literally longer than him. Uh, and uh, yeah, oh, you, know, you know it all. Be. We appreciate you. seen it all. Yes, you said it. All. And we, and we we appreciate we we appreciate you, man. And uh, future Hall of Famer Dave Cohen. I'm just glad Absolutely. we have a Hall of Fame at Georgia State in athletics. Yeah, <laughs> also you'll be in it. Good point. Yeah. Yeah. No, I appreciate this, it. And is... I've told you guys, I'll be sitting in the office down at Georgia State, and if it comes across on the Twitter or Facebook, I sit there and listen to you guys while I'm working on the computer. Nice. Uh, well, uh, we, appreciate we appreciate that, man. That. Thank you very much. Very kind. All the so, important yeah, news. Uh, <laughs> all the BS that comes across. Uh, <laughs> thanks to every. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We're going to let Dave go. Ryan, Tim, and I are going to head over to Last Call, which you can find us on on our uh, Patreon page at patreon.com slash state of Atlanta. It's free of charge, uh, but you do get early access if you are a member. Um, also, I can discount stuff like that. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks, Dave, again, for being here. We love it. We mean it. Uh, say goodbye, guys. Goodbye, guys. Appreciate you having me. That's it for us this week. Thank you for listening. Please follow us on Twitter at State of Atlanta or on Facebook at facebook.com slash State of Atlanta. And if you enjoy what you're listening to, please rate and review us on your podcast app. Thank you very much and go Panthers.